Welcome to the Fedora Podcast, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. This is Season 2, Episode 6. That's right, this is Episode 6. We are more than halfway done with Season 2. For those of you who don't know, we've decided that each season of the Fedora Podcast is going to be 10 episodes long, following how long Season 1 was. Since we are on episode 6 now, that means we have this one, then four more to go. We hope you'll listen to all of them and enjoy them. Today, we bring you an interview with the i3 SIG, talking about the i3 spin, a new Fedora spin introduced in Fedora 34. We talk about what it is, how you can use it, and how anyone can create a Fedora spin. This is the Fedora Podcast, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. With me today, I have Dan, Cermak, and Odialon. I'm sorry, guys. I can't pronounce your names right. But how are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing great. And how about you guys? And of course, we've also got my co-host, Edward. Hi, Edward. Hi, Grayson. How are you? Very good. So, today we're here to talk about the new i3 spin and the special interest group, or SIG, that created it, which is you guys. To start out, could you just quickly explain what a window manager is? Well, I can take that one because that's the first thing I did in, in all the presentations. Uh, basically, a window manager is the software that draw the window in your in your desktop manager so every desktop manager or every desktop environment have a windows manager because it's the software that is in charge of drawing the window then the desktop uh, take charge of the inside of the window what is going to show the theme the theme or inside that uh, window but the window manager is the software the software that takes charge of drawing the window in the screen when you guys talk about this, you usually call it a tiling window manager. What does that mean? Well, it, I mean, it actually means kind of what the what the name says, that uh, a tiling window manager puts your windows in tiles next to each other. So little little bit of history, I think, uh, way, 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 way back. Uh, window managers, uh, so I think we're talking something like maybe the 80s, maybe even earlier, I think the 80s. Uh, the first window managers that came around were first uh, were first tiling, and uh, after that, uh, people found out that, well, it's actually kind of nice if you can put windows in front of each other, and that's called... Uh, that's called a stacking window manager, which is kind of what you what you get to see on your ordinary, uh, or well, let's say ordinary in air quotes, what you get to see on KDE, GNOME, or macOS windows, essentially everywhere. And so a tiling window manager is just something that uh, is essentially just a window manager that puts uh, where you where you don't put windows in front of each other but you just have them next to each other and you you essentially only have a single layer. Mm-hmm. So you could have them in quarters or halves or however you wanted, really, but it tiles them. Yeah. 
uh, in i3 you can have them in tabs also i3 also has kind of something like uh it it also has something like a stacking mode but uh, it's not not like what you would uh, what you'd ex what you'd expect when you run kde or something like that on gnome yeah so you you basically have a floating mode that you can switch around your your window but it's not like in other ds that you have a more freedom to choose when you say de What's the difference between a DE or desktop environment and a window manager like i3? In this case, um, desktop environment are a complete suite of software. It's not only the window manager. The window manager is a specific part of that software. So when we create look, what we're going to talk later that the i3 spin or when you use a, a window manager or a standalone window manager, that's how I call it, is because there is nothing over the, over the window manager managing anything. The, the window manager uh, is the only thing that is working with the windows and everything is the software. There is nothing like connecting these dots. You have to, this, to make this connection by yourself, kind of. But uh, the, the window manager is just one part of a desktop environment, and the desktop environment is a complete set of software. It's not only the with, window manager. With multimedia offs and other things that you would expect from, from a full desktop experience. Yeah, exactly. so maybe as an illustration, if you, if you run KDE, you are running a window manager as well, Kwin. If you are running GNOME, you're running a window manager, Mata. At least I think at some point you were running Mata. And so, I mean, I've, I've also seen on, I think, oh, a long time ago when I was running Arc Linux, um, there was, a, there was a, a kind of a hacky mod of uh, GNOME where you would essentially throw out Mata and replace it with i3. And so you'd get essentially a desktop environment where you have all the all the shiny pieces of GNOME, which means uh, Polkit authentication, login management, uh, screensaver, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And but you get i3 as the window manager, so you don't have to uh, you didn't have to configure it all yourself. I mean, it was Arc, so it broke on me a week later, but uh, that's a different story. Hmm. Before we go on, could you just quickly explain what exactly is i3 as a window manager? There's lots of different window managers. What makes i3 special? Uh, in the history of graphic user interfaces, uh, there is have been a lot of reiteration over things that were badly designed or bad documented or was hard to work on. So i3 was like, Reading from scratch, learning from the mistakes done in another Windows manager that was called WMII. I don't know how they pronounce that. So they just wanted, a, the developers wanted a better version of that and better documented, easier to work, easy to work on. And also the thing that is appealing to me, that was the, the thing that, put me into i3 is that the configuration is not done in which is doing in a configuration file 
So Dex is really appealing to me. If you look uh, uh, to others, uh, Windows managers, you need to know at least the basic syntax of the language or the programming language that is written to be able to configure it, even if Haskell, Python, Roost, or C. Uh, you need to know that language. Uh, for i3, you just need to follow uh, a kind of syntax, but it's easier to configure. You, you just need to follow the examples, and you will be set on. Yeah. And the documentation and is great. As you said, yeah. the wiki have a bunch of examples. And what I'm, what initially brought me to i3 is, uh, so I think when I, when I considered switching to a tiling window manager, I took a look at a few of them since there's, there's a ton, there's really a ton. There's a few, there's a few that are really popular. There's a few ones that aren't, that aren't so popular, but th there's, um, you have a lot of choices, but, uh, at least at least to my knowledge, i3 is the only one that's really tiling where you can resize windows manually with your mouse. I uh, I had a had a friend in high, uh, in university and uh, she was a huge awesome fan. Um, but what always awesome is a window manager to be clear. Yeah, it's another window yeah. manager. Oh yeah. Sorry. So yeah, that's another another window manager. And what uh, what really was my gripe with that one, that it would put your windows in predefined positions, and uh, you couldn't resize them, which always annoyed me. I mean, if I if I'll be completely honest, nowadays I just have all my windows in full screen, so it wouldn't make a difference. But um, that was uh, that was at least very back then quite important for me that you could actually arrange stuff the way you like it and given how how scriptable i3 is you can you can essentially uh, script all this uh, all this stuff to your liking so that every time you reboot your machine it starts out exactly like you want it or like you left it off so if you if that's your thing you can go crazy there actually hmm. the 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 other part that was super appealing to me is that I was able to configure the desktop environment in the same way that I have my Tmux session in terms of panes. In, in Tmux, they're called panes. Uh, of course, in Windows Manager, it's a window, but you can configure it in the same uh, way to be displayed. So I get used to because I'm in the terminal almost all the time. You mentioned that you configure it in a config file. Most desktop environments that people interact with, they'll configure their desktop environment and their window manager through a graphical environment. How much harder is it to do it through a config file? Does that, does that kind of make i3 more of a, not, not like advanced or power user, but not certain, certainly not beginner friendly? That's correct. So yeah. it's certainly not as simple to get started as uh, as with uh, with KDE or with GNOME. That's definitely true. But two things about that. So yeah, if you open up i3 and you have not read the documentation, you're screwed. Um, so until you understand, you understand what is a mod key shift and e to leave i3, you. 
are, are are screwed for the as the guy said in the beginning. Uh, you will have minutes trying to understand why you cannot open Firefox, why something is not opening. Where is the launcher? Well, I, but I'm the nice thing about honest. this this plain text config file is you it's pretty clear it's obvious where it comes from and it doesn't break i used to i i essentially went through all the big desktop environments i used to use gnome 2 then i had mate i had cinnamon i had kde and they all and every single one of them eventually broke during an upgrade and it's totally not obvious which part of the config is stored where because it's in some weird database and you upgrade your system and then something breaks and stuff st stops working. And I've been running this same i3 config with here and there a few tweaks for, I don't know, half a decade, maybe even longer. And it still works. I've used it across multiple different distros. It still works. So that's one of the big appeals. Yes, it's harder to configure initially on. It's definitely not what you'd expect user-friendly, but we're working on a welcome app that will at least tell you how you can exit it, which that's yeah. like the most, you know, like the most Google question on Stack Overflow. How do I get out of VI? Yep. A welcome app does sound really cool. I wish that more desktop environments would adopt that. Yeah, we stole that one from we... Gnome. From yeah. Gnome. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. The Gnome app is actually impressive, not only because it's an app, but because it changed your your welcome to a documentation. I think it is. Actually, I'm too old to understand how it works now. Mm -hmm. I remember in the past there was like .chm files, but it are help files. I, we call it help files. If you finish the the genome tour, there is an always a link to the documentation, and it was super easy to navigate. So that's one of the things that inspired the i3 welcome app that is being worked by the team specifically, or more specific from Dan. But but because well, like you say, i3 is kind of intended for power users, but we want all people to be able to use it for several things, but one of my motivations is that I have super old machines that doesn't run uh, modern desktops, and I don't like LXQT, I don't like LXDE, I don't like Rat Poison. Uh, GNOME and KDE are kind of heavy. I know they aren't heavy because any decent machine now should work, but I have machines that are old, that are not decent from from the current market so i need to run something that doesn't take uh, any any ram and any memory and i3 fits quite good and the other thing that is super appealing to me is that you can save your config files in a in any cbs system version yeah. i use actually i use the one that is hosted in fedora i use pagure to host my config files and but you can use GitHub, GitLab, Mercury, or uh, I don't know whatever you wanted to use, uh, because it's just a plain text file, so it works super nice that you can just pull the configuration from the internet. Yeah, you just need to set the dependencies that you use, the fonts, the theme that you want, 
you can now uh, put that in the git repo as well so that is what i do i got mine in one gitlab private because i have some things that should not be on git but it is <laughs> to avoid drift and it's today i think if i from refresh my laptop or my desktop it would take two minutes to clone the repo run the bash script and voila here is my i3 the same way that was in the previous pc so it's amazing that you can do this with a desk you, you know your given, experience given the big red hat in your background you are actually contractually obliged to use ansible for the deployment so just saying um i'm an old puppet user that can start oh. a war here but yeah i'm trying to migrate to to Anspo using the swiss knife that justin have created and that edward i think he, he also uses right the swiss knife so. repo yeah so okay. there's a, a it was interesting justin is not here but he was um, he was the original user I found that used i3. He showed i3 to me. So I want to thank Justin. <laughs> uh, even when he's not here, I was uh, was hoping he could be here because he was one of my inspiration of using the i3 desktop uh, window manager here in, in Fedora. And that makes my life tons easier, but like so much easier. Because I have, I configure all my machines with one script. I just pull my package repo and run one script, and all my I mean, machine is just set in the same way. I have the three machines that are I use on my own, and I use just two commands, and it's running in the same configuration. That's super, super nice. Yeah, I think at this point we could also, I mean, since since you mentioned Justin, we could uh, we could also call out uh, call out Nazirm, who who was one of the uh, one of the original one of the guys who really made this made the i three spin a thing. I mean, yeah, he he yeah, put Nazir he put in so it. much so much work and made this uh, made this thing actually fly without him it wouldn't wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been a thing without his work on the on the kickstart uh we could not land the the spin in time yeah to be a little more uh, clear for the users a kickstart file is a file when you define what the how the ISO is going to be built, what things are going to be inside, outside, what is going to be the initial configuration, the tools you are going to need to to have your installation media on. So every spin, how it's called in Fedora, or flavor of different uh, lab or anything that you are going to build uh, on on top of Fedora is going to be through a kickstart file. And thanks to Nasir that he put so much effort with this, uh, he was able to create the base Kickstarter file that was the the final ice tree spin. It was finished by Odilon here, but the the base uh, work was the heavy lifting was all from Nasir. I just did the, the formatting in the end and some bits that was missing, but he did all the the work initially. So 
Shout out to Nasir. You guys have talked about how you set it up with a config file and how you can back that up and how you configure it and that kind of thing. Before the i3 spin was put together, how did you have to do that in Fedora? Did you have to take down Workstation and remove GNOME or whatever? I used to pull down server and just install i3. Yeah, I use it. Yeah, I use it minimal, but sometimes when I was in a hurry, I use it workstation and never remove it GNOME. Just switch it to i3, and because I use GNOME terminal for this date because I'm old, it's what I've been using for a long time, <laughs> and now to lose as well. It's my it's my file manager that I use so. Having GNOME there, it's okay for me, but you can use minimal server. The one that comes with least packages was use, usually the one that the guys would use. Well, like, like I say, uh, i3 was intended to be like uh, for power users or for advanced users. So normally you have like two or three ways to install uh, a machine without environment. And from there, you just have to install Light3. Uh, right now, uh, part of the work that Justin did, and we all, all, all the SIG did, was to create what is called package groups that allows you to install all the things you're going to need to have the i3 desktop environment. Uh, it's not desktop environment. It's called desktop environment because it was the like the standard naming that was because there was the uh, i3 the i3 spin is the first windows manager that is going to be like in a package group specific so it's called i3 desktop environment but it's actually just i3 the i3 windows manager with the applications we set to be in this package groups so it's super easy that you only have to do dnf group install uh, i3 desktop environment i3 dash desktop dash environment and you're going to have what we chip in the in the i3 spin. You said it's cheap in the i3 spin. I guess you guys kind of created the i3 spin to make your lives easier, the whole scratch your own itch open source mentality. Or were there any other objectives in making it? From my point of view, we I was when I joined the SIG, it the guys was already working and I wanted to help with the experience of installing i3 because now we have like DM to help on the exorc part. We have a terminal that we ship. We have the i3 as well. So the notification, everything that we had to do manually. Now we have a ISO that you can install and or just test in a VM or in a desktop and it will work. That was my goal in the beginning. And I know that some of the guys also had this in mind, like simplify the user experience. Actually, in the beginning, in, in the beginning, I just installed, I used to use the Cinnamon Spin. I like Cinnamon, don't, don't ask me why, I just like it. And I when I moved to i3, I was uh, like, oh, this is super fun for me like a power user um i was 
interesting in having it without the overhead of package that cinnamon the cinnamon spin had because there was a lot of things that I didn't use. So I started this like asking people, just I'm using the i3. How do you use it? What do you install? What do you remove? What do you think if we start it? And basically near the creation of the SIG, I contacted our Fedora program manager, Ben Cotton, with the idea of creating something with i3 as base. And he put me in contact, contact with two Red Hatters and they have pulled a document and where they put the things they think will be like a base for a desktop base on the i3 Windows Manager. Um, using that document as a base, uh, I was talking with, I created the Pagur group for the i3 SIG and the people say, I want to join, I want to join. At the end, we're like four or five guys. And finally, it was Nasir, Justin, Dan, and me. And at the end, Odilon came in to join in the meetings and we put together what we wanted as base. Actually, I I take feedback from a lot of sources, from Reddit, from YouTube. I look for blog posts where people are talking about the spin or about i3 in specific. And the most feedback I have is that it's, it's great because it's a vanilla i3. It doesn't have any overhead like other i3 versions or in different distros. They, ha they put a conky with the hour to be floating over the screen or they use a specific theme. And while we are trying to theme some stuff to be more Fedora-ish, uh, the idea is to keep it super basic. We have four design goals that I, with the link will be in the description of this episode where we have uh, four things that drive us in, in, the, in the spin or in the group. That is simple is better than complex. We don't want to have super complex stuff. Uh, if you want to have uh, something more complex, you have to do it yourself. The spin is going to provide the basic, like how to work on document, how to connect to the internet, maybe how to connect your Bluetooth device or something. But trying to make it as simple as it can be. The second one is uh, the fast is better than features, that we want something that is fast. Even when we are trying to provide all the features that Fedora have, like BTRFS, um, PyWire, and all this uh, super advanced stuff, is, is the, a new feature is going to make i3 slow. We are going, we're not pointing, putting in. Okay, so because the whole thing is that make our system faster, and if you want to have the new feature, you are going to put it by yourself. Also, the thing, uh, a thing that happened a lot with desktop environments uh, is that is you, I'm going to put the most basic example, and is choosing a terminal emulator. You are going to have a holy world of internet if you ask for a terminal we emulator. We are having are, one. We are having it <laughs> right now. Right now, in your sick. We're having one. Yeah, we're having one, kind of. We are use uh, we use URSVT as in in the spin, but I think every one of us have a specific. Odilon say he use Genome Terminal. I know Dan uses T. I use Kitty. But the thing is that we want to ship only one. If you need another one or you want one that is not shipped, you have to put it yourself. 
we are going to provide one that provide the functionality. If that doesn't work for you, you can remove it and pure the one you use. And the idea is that now it's better. That is it's kind of aligned with the modularity stuff that you put your the model you want, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, and I mean, and if the, you're a programmer, then it's kind of like the it's kind of like the Python idea. The I mean, if you if you know if you've ever coded in Python, then Python really lives by this uh, by this idea. You that the base language gives you for most things one way how to do it and not fifty million ways how to do it. For example, like Perl does, which means that if you take a look at Python. It's kinda kinda clear what the code does. And if you take a look at Perl, it just looks like line noise. Yeah, actually our design goals are based on, on Python. Yeah, the Python thing. And the last one is that now is better than never because people say that i3 is kind of old and well, we are here now using it. So <laughs> the the most questions that we have when we talk about that tree spin is when is the sway spin happening well ask the sway sick uh, go no, to I mean... the sway sick I, i'm joking like i say i was uh, oh, one of the of the goals i have personally not in the seat but personally is to have uh, all machines working so the tree spin provide me a base that i don't have to configure from scratch it give me one step over the <laughs> over scratch. So that's why we are using X. Probably we are going to move to X Wayland at some point when, when it's mature enough and when there is a, a fallback to X. Uh, when it's a proper X11 replacement, we are going to move to X Wayland. But yeah, uh, there is a SUI SIG that works with SUI. SUI is a window manager from Wayland that is based clone i don't know how exactly the term is but it's basically i3 for wayland they and... they do support the config file by the same way that i3 does it's compatible it's just the alternative okay. with wayland yeah yeah it's the alternative so for it's... wayland and there is a swic that works in fedora that had uh that do a very 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 good job supporting the the swipe package in fedora and if they are interested in creating a spin we are going to be as supportive as we can but our objective is to work in it. Are there really any differences between Fedora i3 spin and Fedora Workstation other than the desktop environment or lack thereof and window manager? Well, there is several differences because like I say before, desktop environment is not just Genome. Genome includes a whole set of software. We came, we came with a proper packaging, a proper set of packages we want to set. Even I think we don't even share the the desktop manager. That is the thing that where you put your name and your password, login. We use LightDM. That is the one that is shipped in other spins. So it's not it's, it's not like removing genome. It's just have the Fedora base, and over there build a spin. Like the same way Workstation built the genome, desktop uh, environment over the Fedora base. The Fedora base is going to have is going to be the kernel uh, packaged by Fedora with the Fedora uh, customizations, the the build branding. system, the the branding, the 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 being util. So the I don't know how it's called. It was called build essential in Debian, but I'm 
kind of lost how it's called in, in Fedora, but basically the, the utilities that communicate with the kernel specifically. It's kind of headers, I believe, in, in Fedora. Well, glibc and, uh, and binutils. Being utils, that one. Yeah, that's development stuff. That's a low level. Over that low level, we put the i3 to keep uh, Fedora for the users, for the end users. We still have support for flatbacks and BTRFS as go ships on Fedora 34, as well on Workstation. So we have a bunch of similarities. Fedora is the base. We just make it look different with the i3 as a window manager. Yeah. But I mean, currently at the moment, uh, I mean, even even other spins, Fedora is kind of a relatively, I'd say, a relatively uniform distribution. So even if you, independently of where you start, you can you you can take server and you can convert that essentially to KDE. You can take KDE, uh, convert that to GNOME. You can, and so. Uh, and so currently the spin is essentially just a selection of packages uh, that are pre -con that are well it's just a pre-selection of packages that provide you a uh, that provide you with a good starting user experience as uh, as a Fed uh, as a fedora i3 user and if you are not running currently the i3 spin, then you can, uh, but you are just running Fedora, you can essentially get the same thing by installing the correct packages and you'll get more or less the i3 spin for you. Yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how all Fedora editions and spins work more or less. I mean, even you, I mean, actually you can, you can even take your, uh, take your Fedora, uh, Fedora server, Fedora KDE, whatever, and convert that to uh, convert that to something like Fedora Silverblue. But I think it only works uh, one way. You can't go from a RPM OS3 system to a uh, to a non RPM OS3 system. So yeah, the whole thing is pretty pretty flexible, pretty modular. We've gone through your design goals why you created this for its simplicity and that type of thing. What are your future plans for this? Or are there any improvements on the roadmap you're looking forward to? Oh, the list is long. As for with all projects, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got we got a few immediate goals. So I think for Fedora 35, we want to first uh, incorporate all the feedback that we got so we got uh, quite a few people chiming in and giving uh, giving suggestions what we what we could improve what we could change so uh, currently we're kind of working on uh, improving the initial user experience because many uh, many people were for instance confused by hey i open up uh, i3 and uh, i i start the spin and i just get greeted by an empty empty screen and How can I that. start the live installer like exactly. this is most asked question for new users. How I start the live installer? Yeah. And so that's that's one thing where we want to want to work on the this welcome app. Then the Fedora design lead. She's uh, she's created a pretty pretty cool <laughs> color scheme for i3 and for the uh, and for i3 status itself. 
And so we want to create branding sub packages that you can install or use the upstream one so that you get more uh, Fedora color schemes. Um, so that should be included. Then we have this uh, ongoing discussion for um, which uh, which terminal emulator we use, where we are, where well, we gotta why well, we gotta pick one since we all kind of agree that we all don't like the current choice, but we can't agree on which one we should choose. So, but given given our design goal that we want one way, we'll just well most of us will just have to bite uh, bite the apple and say okay we're going to take it back and yeah i think that's i'm not sure if we got any immediate plans for fedora 35 and i mean there's there's a whole ton of stuff so at least on 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 my further back roadmap is I've, I still have some automated tests for set up for OpenQA for our for Fedora's integration or well Fedora's that's an integration testing framework uh, that Fedora also uses and I and I've written some tests for for the A3 spin but never never managed to get them really smoothed out so that's something that I'd like to eventually tackle and then maybe well, some some crazier stuff, maybe a maybe an RPM OS three based uh, Fedora um, Fedora edition, or or actually this sway spin. Since given all the work that we've done, it shouldn't be that hard. But still, it's uh, it's a ton of work, and currently the spin needs um, still needs more attention. Yeah, I was trying to run a three on Silver Blue and. I run into some issues with the composition of the 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 screen, and I got back to the live spin that we have, but it's on the track of the SIG. I don't remember who is looking at Silver Blue right now, but we have some folks looking at Silver Blue, Silver Blue with i3, and it's on the future part of the SIG. Right now we really want to smooth out the user experience for Fedora 35. Dan, you mentioned that that's an area that needs more attention. How could people get involved in the Fedora i3 spin and contribute to it? Uh, so, well, that's actually pretty easy. So you can uh you can just uh you can just hop on matrix you can hop on irc you can hop on telegram um if you take a look at the at the i uh, i3 spin page there there should be links to all the different places where you can reach us so we have a as i said we have a telegram group we have a irc room that's also available on on matrix yeah so there you can you can just hop into the chat room and introduce yourself take a ask around and if you if you want to contribute so i so i i'll go probably on a tangent here but uh if you you so many many people who think about contributing to some some project like i3 or like the, like fedora they think oh well i have to be a programmer or something like that no you don't you really don't have to be a don't have to be a programmer 
Um, so don't get deterred by that. We need uh, we need people in all kinds of different roles. And I'd say at the moment, we don't really need programmers. We need people who give this a try. We need people who, uh, who take a look at it from different angles. We need people who write docs. And I, I'd even say, yeah, people who just talk about it, make some noise, make a YouTube video, write a blog post, um, give it a try give it a try from your angle so if you are new if you have a new user if you are a seasoned fedora user if you've been using i3 or haven't have never tried i3 just give it a try and say what you think about it since uh, i mean we we talked about it it's uh, four or five people we created it from our point of view and our point of view is by nature biased so if we thought this is a great idea well turns out it might not be a great idea after all mm. and so if you want to contribute first thing just jump into the chat room or go to the mailing list subscribe to the mailing list and uh, introduce yourself or just if you find something that doesn't fit go to go to Pagua. we have a bug tracker on Pagua, and uh, open an issue what you don't like also, I want to say thanks to the people that have been contributing stuff or issues in Pagure. Uh We have uh, like four, or, I think three or four tickets open because people find stuff that didn't work in the spin that I wasn't aware. I think any member of the team was aware that it wasn't working. And now we have these issues open and that's how the contribution works. You don't need to program. You just say you just want to raise your hand and say, "Hey, this didn't work, or it doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work like it's expected." And that's so much helpful. People doesn't understand how helpful that is. And we want people to be able to do that. That's awesome. We'll have link to the links to those in the show notes. Are there any other Fedora i3 things you guys would like to talk about before we finish up? Well, I mean, if you got a uh, if if you're a contributor or just just a regular user and you want to you want to get uh, and you have a crazy idea, or if you if you think, hey, I want to create something comparable, just just give it a try, jump in, ask around. We we all all of us have uh, have different different ideas what we want to where we want to go with this, and uh, if you want to give uh, give it a try yourself or create a spin yourself, it's actually uh, once you go down through the details, it's not that hard. So just come and chat yeah. with us. We don't bite. Yeah, if you have any question on kickstart how to proper submit how to format the kickstart what files you need we are fresh in the in this we are we did this last last release and we know the pain points at the moment to release a spin so if anyone wants to get involved on that please reach out on irc telegram matrix mailing list we'll be there and as Dan said, we don't bite. Yeah, like I, like my, my message at the end of the presentation for the I3Seek always is 
take your idea and talk about it. This I started the I3Seq just asking people if they are using I3. And it results it result that is where there was a lot of people using I3. The result that is there is a lot of people that, that remove all the stock environment and put I3 or build it from scratch. I say, hey, we can make the life of that people, of those people easier. It wasn't my intention to create a spin. I just wanted to to have an eye. So I, I initially have the idea of doing a remix that is like a Fedora version that you build for yourself. And then people say, hey, we can make this official. Why not? What we have to do? And just asking, people will guide you. And we are here to guide people. Well, thank you guys for your time. This has been a really great interview. Thanks for having us. Thanks for bearing with our ramblings. If you guys ever have an amazing new update or even just a fun new update with the Fedora i3 spin, invitations always open to come back on the Fedora podcast and talk about it. Thank you all for listening to that interview. I found it very interesting especially the points about how anyone can create a Fedora spin. If you're interested in learning about the process of creating a Fedora spin, I'd encourage you, as they suggested, to reach out to them. You can find them in the show notes. And now, some quick news before we end the episode. Fedora Nest is so soon now. Their call for paper is closed, but registration is now open. Get your free tickets at the link in the show notes. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, on Tuesday, then Nest will start in two days, on Thursday. It will then go through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. That was Season 2, Episode 6 of the Fedora Podcast. Please visit podcast.fedoraproject.org to find our chat room, send us email, and more. I'm your host, Grayson. Edward was our co-host in this episode, and Tricknology made our music. This is the Fedora Podcast, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. Please subscribe, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks, or sooner, if we see you at Nest. Nest.